Hey guys, I'm Katie. And I'm Alexis, and this is the Check Your Aesthetic podcast. Hey. Hey, I'm just going to start off by telling everybody a couple disclaimers. Okay. Oh. So first of all, I'm sick, and I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, um, and you can definitely hear it in my sniffles during the interview, which of course, like, they're gone now, but they were there when we were interviewing today's guest, who is Willa Winters, a romance I'm so author. excited. This was an awesome episode. It really mm-hmm. was. Um, but actually, the other disclaimer is that not only am I sick, also Rue is sick. Um, mm-hmm. She has kennel cough, so she's acting like a menace to society in this entire recording. She just picked up her bone again. Um, so, like, sorry. I'm probably going to edit a good amount out of that. But I just made your job so hard this week with editing. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It, if it had been an episode with just the two of us, it would have been a lot harder. But thankfully, it was an interview, so I can just cut your part for a lot of it. Yeah, she's just being a naughty head today. Um, yeah, but she's sick, so it's fine. Yeah, so we have to forgive her. We forgive her, actually, under all circumstances. Mm -hmm. We forgive Rue under all um, situations. It's crazy to me because, like, Winston has never really been a menace during recording. Well, he has before, but he has, like, a kennel. I don't put him. Do you still put him in there? No. I, well, yes and no. We. (laughs) I think he might be the only person on earth who uses a kennel for their kennel. Okay, but when you say that he has a kennel, you make it sound like I have this, like, tiny little cage. It's literally, like, No, he has, like, like a a carrier, like, a big, like, like a big But it's, like, for, like, literally a golden retriever. Like a dog, yeah. Yeah, so, like, he's very small. So it's not like I'm, like, trapping him in this thing. And he sleeps in there. He has, like, a little bed. Um, but no, I actually, we actually hadn't put him in there in a long time. And then, um, I just recently hung, like, a big mirror. Oh, and he was being naughty? Yeah, he keeps going on the dresser and, like, scratching the mirror. And it's super annoying because, like, we're trying to sleep and then it's, like, <laughs> so annoying. So, yeah, and he's currently waiting at the door because I have the door closed in the office. And he's waiting for Austin to feed him, even though that is not for another hour. So, yeah, he's definitely not a good boy. Does he eat at six? Mm-hmm. Oh. He eats at human dinner time. For me, animal dinner time's always five. I'm sure Winston animals would enjoy first. that if... Oh, no. Your animals are always supposed to eat after you, because you're the king. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's interesting. Well, that doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of... She's not bad about begging. She She's gotten worse, because I've recently been giving her my food, because... I don't know. Like, I went on vacation. I was at the beach last week, and I, like, feel guilty, and then I get back, and I, like, I'm giving her treats and toys mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, which is stupid, because I don't even think she remembers that I was gone now. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but, we're going to be together in less than two months. I know. I'm so excited. It's almost it's almost about a month. Like, yeah. we're almost to about a month. It's, like, five um, five weeks. I, like, have been thinking, like, I'm sure you felt this way when I came to visit. It's just really fun when somebody comes to visit you because you get to, like, I mean, of course it's fun to visit somebody because you're the one going on the trip, but it's really Mm -hmm. fun to have, like, a friend come visit you because you get to show them, like, all your stuff that Mm -hmm. they, like, know about because of you, but then, like, Mm -hmm. have never seen. But, like, you're going to get to meet my mom and Mm -hmm. uh, probably my other family members and Rue. I told her last, I I sat on the floor with her last night. I was like, you've met your Auntie Mac and you've met your Auntie Kate and you're going to meet your Auntie Alexis in like a month. And she's sitting there like, (laughs) she's like, okay, queen. She's like, Um, literally, what are you? I can't understand you. No, I'm I'm excited because like, it's also, I feel like when you came to stay, it was totally um, like amazing, honestly, but Mm -hmm. 
you we were in Boston for like a day and a half and then we drove yeah. back and then like you basically were only here for like four days yeah and it was kind of stressful like we yeah. also like didn't really know like not that because we knew how we worked together but like we'd never met and so right. we wanted to just like whatever and then like we wanted to work also but then like we kind of like we were doing all our own photos and then we kept talking about all these photos I'm so glad we're doing like a photo shoot this time so we know yes. and we don't have to like worry about it so much yes. you know yes um but we but are I'm coming for crises currently so yes <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should send Alexis. Katie, uh... <laughs> Dude, Alexis texted me yesterday and was like, "My outfit is heinous." <laughs> it's like she's like, "I'll make it work." I was like, mm, "No, you're not gonna be able to make that it, work." It, it cannot it looks be like it's worked. Like five it's... sizes too big for you. Well, I think the problem was that like I already had to order one size up because my size was out of stock. But then I didn't realize like how oversized the shirt is. So like, know, it's you're, you're actually small, you're a like a petite frame yeah so it just like does not work at all but no I'm gonna be coming for like eight days which is yeah so we're gonna have plenty of time I'm trying to figure out like I want to go to New Orleans and Mm -hmm. we've already talked about the food debacle but it's gonna be really really fun I've already got plans (laughs) why is it a debacle (laughs) a debacle because you thought we were gonna go to the Dairy Queen Cheesecake Cheesecake Factory that's so embarrassing for you it's literally humiliating for you to think that I hope you're literally humiliated. I'm not um, humiliated because I'm just like a little little Vermonter girl and I know no I don't know any better, but you're so silly. Mm-hmm. Um but I think you're I really do think you're gonna like Louisiana. It's a fun yeah, place I think to be. I will. Um I'm trying to think of like we gotta go some breweries. And by that I mean probably one because we don't even have that many good ones. Also, Miss Thing is currently allergic to alcohol, so it's okay. You could just drink uh, water. Okay, perfect. It's for the vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if I told the podcast that uh, I drank one single White Claw and then threw up 30 times. I'm not even <laughs> yeah, it was like I was like, it was like, it was to the point where we were talking on, like, w- like, FaceTime, and I was like, are you sure you were not, like, don't have food poisoning? Because, like, that is an insane amount of times to vomit from drinking a single White Claw. Single but one. she was sure, because that's not what she had. had she just like, had the White Claw. Yeah. One white claw, and I had, like, a normal dinner. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, we're super excited to see each other. The other day, Alexis texted me. She was like, I'm so excited for my trip. And I said, (laughs) what trip? And she said, Louisiana. I was like, it's weird that you're calling it my trip. Because, like, I'm involved in it. And she was like, well, you're not traveling. I was like, well, yeah, but it's still, like. Are you going anywhere? Or is it your trip? No. No, but, like, it's not, like, my trip. You know, it sounds, like, weird to say. (laughs) Like, I'm so excited for my trip. You don't own the trip. You're staying at my house. In my bunk beds with my dog in my, in my house. Whatever. Are Rue and I going to share the bunk bed? No, she won't even get on there. She's scared of it. Scared. She sleeps with me. Oh. With her mommy. She love her mommy. Should I bring my Draco candle? Dude. No. Scary. Alexa, uh, I don't even know. No, you said this before we started recording. Alexis was like, I moved my Draco candle next to my bed. I was like, that's stop talking to me. Literally stop talking. That's so humiliating. Austin You're was just like embarrassing yourself. Austin was like Austin was like, does that need to be there? I was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just another thing we need to talk about. I know that there's like TikToks everywhere about this of like trying to decorate your apartment when there's like a man. But <gasps> Alexis the other day, she redecorated her like shelf, um, like her dresser thing in front of her bed it looks really really good but she was like I need some flowers for this vase and I was like talking about like what kind of flowers yeah yeah and colors and stuff (laughs) and like Austin like refused to let her get tulips (laughs) 
Like, he was like, those are too girly? I'm like, if any yeah. man ever tells me I can't have tulips in my house, we're getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, So, Austin, if you're listening, which I know you aren't, because I'm pretty sure Alexis wouldn't even let you listen. Yeah, But you not. need to let... Uh, white tulips? Those are maybe... There's way girlier flowers than that. You got a big storm coming. He said that he wants instead, like, like, um plant like a plant but you already have a plant there you don't need another plant you know yeah and also like I need something that's like high because it's like I yeah. have like I have something that's tall on one side and so I need something that's tall on the other it side needs to, to like, be, balance it needs it. flowers it needs to be white yeah. flowers or pink flowers but Austin's he's too manly for tulips everybody yeah Alert too much anyway <laughs> so that's uh, if, honestly if I had to describe Austin, I would, <laughs> would probably be macho. say macho. It would be macho. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should go ahead and get into this episode um, with Willow. It was a great conversation. We talked about marketing books. We talked about writing books. We talked about mm-hmm. werewolf porn. Anyway, <laughs> we did talk about that. Um, I also would like to that. say that I was starting to get because I knew that we were about to end recording, and I almost instead hit the leave on zoom and just imagine if we had been like okay bye guys and then i just Alexis just left the, the entire zoom <laughs> left the entire zoom she's just gone <laughs> anyway um well yeah you guys are really gonna enjoy this episode we haven't yeah. actually had like a a guest in a while um so very very good episode so keep mm-hmm. listening to hear all of the really insightful things that willow had to say Hi, Willow. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for anybody that is new to you? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Willow Winters. I'm a romance author. I've written over 50 books uh, in the last six years, so I'm incredibly prolific. And (laughs) I write all spicy romance novels from mafia with violence and kind of sense of anarchy vibe or boardwalk empire vibe, um, all the way to like Hallmark type small town romance. So yeah, I, I love all sorts of romance and I'm just writing them as quickly as I can so that I can read them myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's actually such a good question. So you read your own stuff? I do. I do. That's like the best part about writing romances is when you get to the end, you get to read it, even though you're already spoiled, but still, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel like you like wish you could wipe your memory from like what the ending is. So you I can know. Figure it out for yourself again. That's so cute. <laughs> I love that though. I I didn't know if it was like a similar thing with writing as it is for like watching a video of yourself. You know, where it's like I do not want to see that. <laughs> but I love that you read your own stuff. That's awesome. I um. So, what's your like history with writing? How did you get into writing? How long have you been writing? Um, my only C I ever got in high school was in English. Oh my god! Uh, I only hmm. took. Yeah, I know, right? I only took one course in college, and I hated it uh, for English. And I, I have no idea what I was even taught. I don't remember anything. Uh, so writing is not my background. Mm-hmm. I have a BA in neuroscience and a BS in biology. And I was in the PhD program when I realized this does not align with my personal <laughs> um, desires. Mm-hmm. I was getting married. We were talking about kids. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the two did not match along with some other stressors. So I quit, got married, had babies, mm. and uh, romance novels gave me a very large piece of myself back because um, I became like I was, you know, I was salutatorian in high school. I was um, uh, you know, always a nerd. Mm-hmm. I was voted most likely to discover the cure for cancer. And then all of a sudden I was just Sean's wife right. and Jax's mom. Right. Um, so I started reading romance novels and – we were very broke 
very, very broke. <laughs> so I thought, why don't I try writing one um, with all these stories in my head? And that's what I did after my daughter was born. She would nap on my chest and I would write with the laptop on my that lap. That is so sweet. So have you always been like a reader? Did you like to read romance before you wrote it? So I read Chicklet. I always like I, I like books. I've always loved books like, you know, back in high school, it'd be Frankenstein and the bell jar mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. And then in college, um, I always I read for pleasure in addition to all of my like texts. Um, and I was a very fast writer because I wrote academic papers uh, like during, you know, my my bachelor's degree. And while I was a lab manager doing research, um, so I'm very fast at writing and I, I loved reading for enjoyment. And when I quit the Ph.D. program, it was actually one of the lower points of my life. And my ex-boyfriend sister, who I'm very close with still, I love her to death, Natalie, she gave me Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Well, I had jury duty and I'm like a put your head down and work type person. So I had no idea what this book was, but everybody else knew exactly what I was, <laughs> I was about reading. To say, rocking up at jury duty. <laughs> Literally, I peeked up like, and like three women were watching me and one smiled and waved and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Um, but I could not stop reading and uh, Christian Grey broke my my cherry <laughs> and um, from then on I just I started reading romance mm-hmm. and only romance um, and it's a rare day that I read anything else now. I love that so much. So this is oh, kind wow. of off top well it's on topic but not on topic of what we will be talking about in this episode but how do you kind of like choose which story you're gonna write about since you have so many diverse kind of mm-hmm. um almost genres within the genre so how do you like choose what project you want to work at or work on, on at a certain time definitely I write a number of subgenres, um for sure and the moods of them are very different and whether they're short or long are very different for length it's just whatever the story mm-hmm. is if mm-hmm. I write a story and it's only thirty-five thousand words which is a novella then it's only a right. novella. I don't, don't like to it. add anything into it. Exactly. Because sometimes you read a book and you're like, were you yeah, trying why? to put a word Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, like unnecessary. And I like for my books to be very bingeable and very addictive. And if you're trying to pad them, you absolutely lose right. that. Um, I also yeah. write very fast pace. So just adding in scenes, it would definitely feel off. So for length, it is what it is, what it mm-hmm. is. And as far as what I'm writing, I do have books on pre-order and I have like 12 books that I just have one sentence on what they are and I don't write anything else until I'm ready to write mm-hmm. them. So if I get through a book that is upcoming, then I'll just dive in and see if I can start writing one of them. Um, like right now I have four releases this year that I'm working on, right? Like back to back to back. Mm-hmm. But there's another book that is kind of like you know it's on the back burner it's waiting for that moment Mm -hmm. that I finish and then I can dive into Mm -hmm. that um so right now I am on a schedule with the specifics um but I have my passion projects too that's that's so like fascinating to think about because I my undergrad was in like art education so I worked more on like the like painting behind me like kind of thing so and which is beautiful thank you so much but (laughs) no it was like we I would have all of these canvases in front of me and I had like oh I know this one's due at a certain time but I don't really care about this one right now so even though I need to work on it I'm gonna work on this one for a little while so I can get like my juices flowing and then I'll finish that one so that's like kind of nice to see the parallels but so we know that you have self-published your books which is so amazing so how did you make that decision of self-publishing since I know that it's definitely comes with a lot more than going through a publisher. So my friend, um, Samir, he's actually the godfather to my little girl. Um, 
we were just sitting around at night drinking and watching Game of Thrones, and he happened to mention self-publishing. Mm. I think we were watching Game of Thrones. Um, and KDP, I, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that you could publish via like Barnes & Noble Press or any other outlets. I only knew KDP. And he said, um, you know, you could publish on there and probably make a couple dollars. <laughs> and that's how and why. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'll just okay. throw it up and see what happens. Yeah, I just, I jumped in with both feet. Um, and I like a challenge. I'm very challenge oriented. So um, when the first few few dollars came in, I started looking like, okay, well, well, other people are doing this and they're more successful mm. than me. Why? So I started mm-hmm. researching and then, you know, I learned more about marketing. And um, I just yeah. did market research mm-hmm for days while also reading and writing during kids nap times and within the first year i asked my husband to quit because i made his yearly salary as a chemist in a single month oh my god so i was like there is there is a high ceiling here and i need help because i know i can be doing better i know that i need to fix past mistakes and move forward flawlessly so it was it was on a treadmill i was just on a treadmill of tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until i got things to be the best that I could get mm-hmm. them and and then just moving yeah. forward. And it is always changing. I am still learning six years into mm-hmm. this. So for everybody who doesn't know, and by everybody I mean me, um, <laughs> what are the things that if you worked with a publisher, they would be doing instead of you? So kind of what are those mm-hmm. tasks that you like took on yourself when you decided to self-publish? Um, so almost everything other than the writing and your social media, uh, you're responsible for your social media when you are traditionally published as well, even though they're also promoting you. Uh, but they will do everything from picking your title, editing your book, um, which includes making plot changes and other creative changes, even if you don't necessarily like agree with mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, and then they'll they'll pay for the editors. Um, they'll pay for the cover. They'll pay for the ads and maintaining the ads and booking um, newsletter slots and things like that mm-hmm. for sales, scheduling sales. Um, they'll also send out ARCs to their own teams um, or to, um, oh my goodness, what's it called? There's a there's an ARC like program basically that a lot of traditional publishers use. So they'll, they'll put it through there as well. Uh, they'll promote your book in the back matter of other authors' books, which you also mm-hmm. don't have mm-hmm. control over sometimes. So you could be promoting someone else's book in your back matter and you didn't, mm. you didn't necessarily choose yeah. that. Might not be a book that you exactly. want to promote. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that like, I'm sure that uh, you know, a lot of these authors have great relationships with their editors right. and, and yeah. with the companies and that they can voice their opinion. Right. Uh, but sometimes you do get overruled. So in, okay. in every aspect of it. So yeah. if you're a control freak like me, <laughs> it doesn't and always you need work. you yes. yeah. But if you're also yeah. tired like me. <laughs> no. You might need, need a little bit of help. Well, okay. Exactly. So I guess on that same vein, what have been some of the struggles that you've run into self-publishing and what have been your favorite things about doing it that way? Um, so my biggest struggle was when I uh, went from Kindle Unlimited. I was fully on Kindle Unlimited and then I moved wide. And for those who don't know, Kindle Unlimited is an Amazon program, which is exclusive to Amazon. So if you're published through it, you cannot publish anywhere else and you get paid per page read, but you also get author bonuses if you're one of the top authors. I was always one of the top authors. Um, I had like so three books. So is Kindle Unlimited, like if I have Kindle Unlimited, like, okay, so I 
I own Kindle Unlimited for myself, that would be your books would only be available through to Kindle Unlimited members. Yes. Is that what that means? If you're, okay. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in the beginning, that's exactly what I did. I was on Kindle Unlimited and it was only available via Kindle Unlimited for the ebook form. You can publish okay. your paperback on like Barnes & Noble Press and Ingram Sparks, which will provide your books to like uh, like Target and Walmart. Um, so okay. you can have your paperbacks elsewhere, but your ebook is solely on Amazon. And I found myself, again, I'm on this treadmill and I was just burning myself out to try mm-hmm. to keep up with the Amazon algorithm, which is very fast. You have a 30-day cliff and then a 90-day cliff. And if you have not published it at the time, it was very difficult to keep yourself in that top because it moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. Now the algorithm mm-hmm. has changed immensely and uh, social media outlets like Instagram Reels and TikTok are heavily influencing ranks mm-hmm. right now. And then authors are spending thousands of dollars a day on ads to maintain those ranks. Um, so mm-hmm. it's much different now than it is then. But I moved from Kindle Unlimited wide because of the burnout. Um, because you know I didn't want to chase chase the carrot is it chasing the carrot what is it um like a carrot and stick whatever the saying is like they dangle that author author bonus Mm -hmm. and I wanted that author bonus and I wanted that top rank every time and I would release and I would be in top 10 and I would maintain that Mm -hmm. and it's very addictive it's very addictive however your profit is different from your gross Right. And I would mm-hmm. get a $25,000 bonus, but I've already spent more than that in ads right. for the month. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to move wide. Well, there's a big difference between borrowing a book in Kindle Unlimited and not paying for it versus you're going to pay $3.99 for that mm-hmm. book. Your marketing needs to be spot on mm-hmm. when you are wide. Mm-hmm. Because readers will take a risk on you in Kindle Unlimited. They are binging a book a day. Right. They will they will listen to their buddy or or just check it out just because they want to see what it is. You're not going to just buy a $3.99 book just to see what it is yeah. or because you heard something. So when I transitioned from Kindle Unlimited to the wide market, I had to take a very hard look at my branding mm-hmm. and figure out what am I doing that's not adding up? And like a very clear example of that is when I published Damaged and Scarred. It was a duet. It's now called the um, You Are My Reason duet. And um, when I published that, I had a man chest on the cover. And he was a tatted up bad guy holding his junk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was using poetry to promote the book because she's because yep. <laughs> she's an author and she writes poetry mm-hmm. <laughs> um and like there was an absolute disconnect right. between the cover the and my marketing yeah and the reviews the reviews were talking about how you know heart-wrenching it was and like how romantic mm. it was and then like when you're clicking on that cover that's not what you expect right. to see right. so like one day I just blinked and I was like well, I need to redo 20 covers right now. <laughs> yeah, that like click yeah. M- like moment, that realization. It yeah, did. Yeah. Definitely. Yes, yeah, when I realized I'm I'm creating an expectation that is not giving me the conversion that right. I need. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. so interesting and Katie and I actually like when we were like we really want her to come on the podcast, we were talking about it and like the difference of cuz we both have sold like physical products and of course like a bulk is a product but it's almost like for you you're marketing and selling a story which is so different and I I'm very curious just to just to hear from you what you think um like how you go about doing that besides just like the cover and everything but how do you get that message across without kind of like spoiling the story yeah 
Yeah, the hook line w- that contains the trope, I think, is really key. Mm. Like, if you can figure out, you know, what is this in a single right. snappy Sentence saying. Or something. Uh, like, I have my to be claimed saga, which is paranormal. Um, and I call it, I, as soon as the, the first thing you see, the first thing you hear, I want to say, it's werewolf porn. Because, like, you get, it is snappy, it's hooky. I'm sorry, what'd you just say? Like, it catches your attention, but it's also spot Mm -hmm. on. And not a lot of other people are writing werewolf porn or marketing (laughs) it as werewolf porn. Um, So, yeah, so once you get that snappy key trope, like, what is this even for? Mm -hmm. Why should you even care? Um, And we're talking about romance novels. So it's got to be, you know, is this one the gut punch, emotional second chance? Is this one that cute? small town bartender mm-hmm. where you just have good feels like what is it that is right. is the, the, the draw and the pickup so that you can narrow in on your readers and get that high conversion right we are going to take a quick break to talk about this week's sponsor taylor brands so one thing we cover all the time on our show is how important it is for new businesses to have a strong brand and online presence but how many of us actually know how to build a brand and online presence completely on our own That is where Taylor Brands comes in. So Taylor Brands is an AI-driven platform that automatically gives you everything you need to launch a beautiful brand and successful online presence without having any previous design experience. How amazing is that? Once you create a logo with it, which literally takes about five minutes, your design theme is automatically integrated into a website, unlimited designs for social media, a digital business card, and even printed business cards and merch, and you can access all of it through the Taylor Brands platform. One of the most amazing things about this is that I know so many of you listening have such a passion for business, but design may just not be your forte, and this really solves that issue for you guys and makes everything so easy. The great thing about it is that everything takes a few minutes to set up, so you can have an entire online presence by the end of the day. And you can get 40% off if you go to taylorbrands.com and use our code aesthetic40. Again, that's taylorbrands.com and code aesthetic40 to create an online presence for your business for 40% off. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I was looking at your TikTok. I know you have a TikTok for like marketing your books, but then you also have like an author advice mm-hmm. TikTok. So if you're listening to this and yes. you want more advice from what we're talking about, I stole a lot of the questions from the TikTok. So um, <laughs> we've, a lot of this has already been covered. Um, but I liked what you were saying and you were saying earlier about like covers and making that match because I feel like mm-hmm. uh, also when you're talking about self-publishing, like make, cause you have control over that. So you know that you self-publishing, mm-hmm. you're choosing a cover that's really going to represent everything. And I was laughing inside whenever you're talking about that because all of the ads I get on the front of my Kindle like for the books are like half naked men which first of all I don't know why I can't I've been trying to figure out how to turn it off because I'm like I don't want people to think like in public that I'm reading this even though that's basically what I'm reading anyway um but just like that's what they're all advertised as but I always you immediately know yeah that's an explicit romance novel Mm -hmm. you know immediately there's sex in this book (laughs) yeah sure is but I think it's so interesting because I as like a consumer of books especially when I go to pick out a book at a bookstore all I'm looking at is the cover and if the cover's good Mm -hmm. enough I'll pick it up and read the back and if the back's good enough then I'll read the first page but that cover I feel like is really important so kind of how do you like what's your like quote secret formula of making sure all of that like works together like what have you seen work for you as far as like all of the I guess marketing materials for like the book itself so a good tool and a good testing guideline is um when you have like Obviously, my small town is completely different from my mafia, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take your cover 
and you pick out nine other covers that are within this very small subgenre and you put them all into a grid with yours in the center mm-hmm. is your col- they're all going to have very similar coloring in some way or another they're all going to have very similar fonts mm-hmm. like a very sharp font is generally thriller mm-hmm. or suspense mm-hmm. whereas the curvy ones Romance are more that softer like, fluffier yeah. exactly so every little detail is different and you have to study your market and then you have to look at it and say you know is my title as legible as theirs yeah is like yeah there's a lot of it and it, every little detail matters love is in the details and we do judge books cover, by their cover yeah. Um, hardcore like I'll see a, a TikTok take off you know hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes my first thought is oh that's a shame that cover isn't better because if it was better you know that they would get more sales mm-hmm. and they're missing them and you know and they might have made it themselves because um, everybody has to start somewhere and I did that mm-hmm. too and I'm just like get like get get your coin and then invest it back in mm-hmm. as soon as you can yeah. so that you are on market uh, but definitely you know, see if it works. I remember I changed a font three times for one cover and I just looked to see sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was pushing it and I would, as soon as I changed my font once, sales dropped. So I was like, I'm changing it again. And I, and just, I kept testing it and testing it until it stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see your sales change with even like the most with seemingly minor details. They really do matter. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed like trends changing within like that kind of thing? Like I kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like years and years and years ago, those like (laughs) Fabio-esque covers, those were like more popular, but but now like, I I think they're starting to come back and so are artistic and illustration covers. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, so there's a whole section at my Barnes and Noble that is literally just romance books with the cute covers, like with the cartoon covers, like it's the employees have made the section, but oh (laughs) Lord, she found a toy. Um, Ruse back to the toy. Um, thought I took them all, but yeah. So I feel like it's really because I mean the saying don't that's been it's been an ongoing trend of those illustration or those cartoon covers for the last probably like three years. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely picking up, and you can see on almost every like like Cosmo featured or. Um, even the ones that are popping on TikTok, people will have a cartoon or a discrete version just for paperbacks mm. because they're selling well in paperback. But then their ebook is the Manchest hmm. because that's what's selling digitally. Mm. And they are two very different yeah, markets because market. the price points are different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I also feel like whenever you're choosing something to put on your shelf, you're choosing yeah, a book, but you're so also, different. I mean, in, in some form, you're depending. choosing decor. Yeah, you are. You're choosing decor. Um, Okay, you got to get off roof. Sorry. Yeah, um, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a really good, a good point. Um, so with self publishing, how do you? I mean, this is just craziness. Um, how do you choose the right people to work with? So editors, cover artists, all of that to ensure that it's all representing like your book. Well, is it a trial and error thing? Is it like your friend use that person? Kind of what's that process? So it started primarily with word of mouth, Mm -hmm. and that's almost how every single person I know in the industry, that's how they choose who they're working with. Whenever they they can't use somebody, like their editor is on vacation and they need somebody, we're asking each other. Mm -hmm. It is all word for mouth, and it is all of us talking to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it starts with word of mouth, but it's definitely trial and error because just because they worked for your friend and they mesh does not mean that they're going to mesh with you. Yeah, exactly. I've been through a lot of different content editors, um, although I've kept my my one. She's been with me through every book. Um, And then I have my uh, copy editor who's been with me through the majority of my books as well. But when I start a new world 
or a new uh, book within a world that I want to be able to be read as a standalone, I'll hire an additional editor and because I want somebody who hasn't read any of my work before mm-hmm. to make sure that it is a true standalone and there's nothing that's confusing while also ha- adding in the things for all of my readers who have read everything, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like Easter eggs. Um, so it's definitely trial and error. Like, absolutely. I have hired uh, editors who my friends have loved and I've just been like, this is yeah. not – this one's not working for me. Like I had one tell me to write like Laura Lynn Page early on. And I was like, excuse me. And she was like, like your language, it just could be better. You should read her and try to write more like her. And I was like, ah, she writes like Laura Lynn Page. Yeah, I'd what? like to write like Willow Winters. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So no, thank you. I also like, I, so I recently got back into reading. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows. Well, I'm not going to say back into. I got into reading for the first time. Yeah. Um, Cause I, you know, I had to read in high school and then I was like, I don't like reading. Um, and then I know that feeling but what I realized is funnily enough when you're saying like write more like whatever whatever I actually like especially in romance I like an easy read I want it to I don't want it to feel like it's a school assignment I want it to feel like fanfic like I want it to feel like fan fiction like I want to feel like I'm reading fan fiction Mm -hmm. um (laughs) <laughs> which Alexis is laughing because uh, we've got we've had many stories about that yeah. before but um I yeah if I feel like if somebody told me to do this more like this other person I'd be bye yeah that's, that's yeah so it definitely me okay. the wrong way yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah I I love the way that I write and I think that I'm yeah. a good I would say I'm a good author <laughs> <laughs> yeah if I do say so myself Obviously. Yeah, my writing is definitely a lot better now than it was way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, that's not what I'm after. So your goals for me are different from my mm-hmm. goals for yeah. me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, because we've kind of talked about um, marketing in like, you know, in store versus on ebooks and all of that. But I think mm-hmm. a new, um, really why Katie has started reading was because of book talk. And mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what has your experience with, like, TikTok and also Instagram, of course, there's always that. Mm-hmm. But, like, how has social media impacted your business and how do you market for social platforms versus more, like, selling platforms? So my um, business strategy has almost always been social media and organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started with a Facebook group, which back in the day, six years ago, Facebook groups were like the place to be for romance. Mm-hmm. And you could do a giveaway and you would have thousands of entries and comments because interaction was wonderful and engagement was wonderful on Facebook back in mm-hmm. the day. Now it's completely different. Um, reach is very difficult and they they promote ads more than anything yeah. else. They want you to pay. Yeah. I imagine that TikTok is going to get to that point yeah. as well. I mean, just in the last two years, we've seen it go from, I think it used to be 60 or 70% um, 18 and younger or 24 and younger. Um, and now it's 52%, 35 and older. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so the demographic is changing like greatly just in the last two years and it will continue to change um but I absolutely love TikTok (laughs) I'm like I'm addicted to it um I think I've posted like nine times already today (laughs) Um, somebody said that they thought it was yeah (laughs) I just I I freaking love it I'm like I've got an update Exactly. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm like, I'll just pull up my camera and do a quick, like, 15 seconds because I just got book mail. And I'm always getting things in. And, mm-hmm. like, I always have something going on because I have 
so many different um, aspects to my business. Right. I call it an empire because I have like my seasonal boxes where I promote other authors. I have my own seasonal boxes. I have my Patreon. I have Top Shelf Romance, yep. which supports a charity that I made called Live a Thousand Lives. And then I have the book that I'm writing. And then I have 50 other books that I can promote. Right. So there's always a million things that I can talk about. Um, so I absolutely love it because it does not punish you for posting more than once mm-hmm. in a day. Whereas Facebook does, Facebook page does, Facebook groups do, Instagram posts do. Instagram story doesn't, uh, Instagram reels does. But I do post my TikToks also to my Instagram reels. And also notably, unlike any other platform, perhaps Twitter, Twitter has like you can go viral on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not as impactful as reels and TikTok. TikTok is Mm -hmm. huge, yeah. You can go viral. Yeah, TikTok is hella huge. Like a reel... You can only post one a day or else you're hurting your algorithm. Uh, It could go viral. It may not. But TikTok, you can post. I think their limit is 100 and something a day that you can post. I've never posted that many. Um, But I was posting. I made a bet with an author friend that I could get 300,000 views in a weekend for one book for this book Mm -hmm. sale. I did not hit the bet. I I got over 200,000 views. In a weekend. But I posted 20 TikToks and then another 20 TikToks and then like 10 TikToks. And I was worn out. But it was so much mm-hmm. fun. And I was like, if I had just, <laughs> if I had just waited, like if I had added one more day, mm-hmm. like I, like no other platform exists where you can reach that many people who you might have, like, you, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't well, exist even just, anywhere if else. You had, yeah. that's, if you did 20 in a day and then you did another 20 mm-hmm. and another 10, then that's 50, and one of those got 200,000, like, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and while I was doing them, I got uh, one hit 500,000 from a previous TikTok that I'd done six days before, mm-hmm. and another one 300,000 that I'd done four days before. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely, even though the views of those those specific TikToks were a little lower, they were around, like, 4,000 to 10,000 for the majority of mm-hmm. them. Um, so nothing all that wonderful in comparison to other platforms. Right. It triggers the back catalog of TikToks. Like people are still liking TikToks from months ago or even yeah, a year ago. Exactly. That is not happening on Facebook or yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I get. Or I have. I have else. a video, like one or two videos that I get that was literally from like early 2020 that I get likes on like every day. Yeah, and I think like yeah. being able to pin as well. You can pin mm-hmm. ones that like either have gone viral or that you want people to see, so that when that one goes viral, you have it right there the ones page. that you want people to see already. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I, I am, I'm a social media whore. Uh, <laughs> so I, are we. So are we. <laughs> yeah. Welcome and to the I podcast. I think I love TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was told that I should do a podcast, um, but I'm like, I, that's adding on one more thing. <laughs> like, I'm and so I, sorry, I can't. I, I have, exactly. How like, many I, kids? Two I, kids? I have, do you have two kids? I have three. Oh, I have three kids, <laughs> and one is 16 months old. Oh, my God. So, Ooh. yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yeah, if I could, if I had more time, right. I would. Um, but right now I really want to focus on like writing and just having fun with social media because that definitely keeps it lighter. I love that. Yeah. And coming onto your podcast. Yes. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Um, I check it off that way. (laughs) So what is the most important time frame? So when you write a new book for marketing, is it Mm -hmm. like before you launch the book? Is it right after you've launched the book? Is it the, the entire time? You know, what's, what's the... 
So a book has a thousand lives, and if TikTok has taught us anything, it is that old books can have new life. Mm -hmm. They are promoting some, but like books that I read three years ago mm. are in the top 100 right now um, because of TikTok. Mm. So the life of your book is not over just because you had a bad release. In mm -hmm. order for your release to do well, marketing beforehand can really help mm. you. Mm -hmm. um, it really can. There are some, like Whitney G does not do that. She will just pop out a book and be like, it's live, surprise. <laughs> and it takes off because she's Whitney G. She's excellent. If you haven't read her books, read Reasonable Doubt. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, but so it, I guess it varies between author. But if you don't have an audience, how are you going to even know who to Market who to, to reach, who yeah. to look for if you haven't already started talking about it? So you have to get that conversation moving. Mm -hmm. And then once it's out there, people are listening and waiting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have a very strong release week. If you're going for letters or if you um, are doing it as a series, then you heavily invest into that one book mm -hmm. and you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Mm -hmm. um, so it definitely varies depending on where you are in your career and what your intentions are for that book, mm -hmm. but never give up on a book ever. Yeah. Um, like there are author friends of mine who are debating on changing a cover of an old book. And I'm like, why are you debating? Do it. Like mm -hmm. breathe new life mm -hmm. into it. It's a good investment to keep working on your books and keep mentioning them and keep putting them out there. It only takes one TikTok to go viral now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you can also like something with books that's different with like other media like mediums like you can just change it back. Like if it, you know, exactly. if, it, if you do it, mm -hmm. it doesn't do well. You're like, wow, this sucks. Like change it. Mm -hmm. Like what's you can yeah, repackage it. Exactly. What's the harm? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the last question for anybody who's listening who is an aspiring author or a current author who's kind of just starting out, has a really small marketing budget, but wants to make sure their book gets recognized, what would be your kind of most important checklist? Like, focus on this, focus on this, like, use this kind of. So never stop writing, hmm. never stop writing, ever, and never stop talking about that book and marketing that book. So you, you release this book and write an extra scene and say, if you join my newsletter, I'll give you this scene. It's really smart. You know, uh, mm. Talk about a deleted scene that happened and maybe share that in your Facebook group so that you're connecting with readers on different platforms with your writing yeah. and never stop writing. A good like uh, indication, like you never know wh whether or not your book is going to be good. So just mm -hmm. because it didn't do what you thought it was going to do, um, my All Who'll Ever Be title it's four books in one. Mm -hmm. It's my most popular. It's my most polarizing. Uh, there's a trend on TikTok of putting it in the Bible section of Barnes and Nobles because it's in physical bookstores, even though I'm a self-published author, which is very difficult mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. That first book was a failure. It was a flop. Mm. I wrote Mar Merciless. It was the darkest thing that I had ever written. I lost support from bloggers uh, who still will not support W. Winters, but they have supported Willow Winters, which makes me happy really? um, to have them back on my back on my side. <laughs> um, but I published it, and the reviews were not good um, because it's quite dark, mm. and they weren't expecting it. And it's also you know, it's not as fast paced as my other books, and mm -hmm. um, it goes a little bit deeper, and there's more internal. Mm. Um, so. I kept writing though, uh, you know, but f when I released that book, I just thought, what did I do? Did I just, I thought I destroyed Ruined my everything. career. 
Exactly. I literally, I, I thought that was going to be the end. And I just kept writing for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep going. And then people wanted it to be a trilogy. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's not. <laughs> like, and I, I just kept mm-hmm. going. And I took my time with it. And I wrote it for myself. Um, and years later, it is still what people are talking about in a good way. Really? <laughs> well, most people. Some people still, right. <laughs> some people are still like, yeah. what is this? And what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um but just because a book doesn't perform the way that you think it will or the way that you'd like it to or you think that this is your lowest of lows, mm-hmm. this career has high highs, mm-hmm. it has low lows, and don't stop. As mm-hmm. long as you keep going and you keep moving and you make sure that you love your book, you love it for you, and you, you keep perfecting your marketing, you make the changes that you need to make shamelessly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Like, I am shameless about changing. I changed that cover twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for Merciless and uh, you know just keep paying attention and making the changes that you need for you and good things will happen they will yeah I like what you said about like getting people in your Facebook group or your newsletter um, I know mm-hmm. like Colleen Hoover is about to release Verity with like an added thing at the end mm-hmm. and people like I will buy that whole book again for the one whatever is just at the end that, of it yeah <laughs> but um, we always talk about like owned media on the podcast so like you own your mm-hmm. You don't own your social media, which social media is a great tool, but you don't own it. You don't own your followers. Mm-hmm. But if you have an email list, you do own them. So that's a really mm-hmm. good way to like keep people hooked. But anyway, now on to random questions, which are where it's really fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. First one is what's your favorite book trope? And Willow, you can start. I love Faded Mates. I'm a sucker for it. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it doesn't exist in this world. So we just think that it's perfect. Yeah. But I absolutely love Faded Mates. I love that. Alexis? Uh, enemies to lovers always. always. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I don't think have mm-hmm. I yeah, I've read a couple enemies to lovers. Um mine's friends to lovers because I mm-hmm. like incessantly have a crush on like all of my guy friends, like <laughs> just all the time. And so it's nice to read when it works out for other people. It usually uh doesn't work yeah. out for me, but that's all right. Um but I love I love a friends to lovers. Anything to lovers, honestly. Yeah. I just love I love romance books. Um mm-hmm. they're just so fun Same. to read. Easy to read. Well, some of them are easy to read, some of them are real sad. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last question of the whole episode is what is your favorite method of reading? So do you like reading eBooks? Do you like reading paperback, hardback? Do you like reading on your Kindle, your computer? So I'm a little bit weird because I trained myself to read on my laptop mm-hmm. <laughs> because back in the day when we were so broke, mm-hmm. um, I had all these eBooks from Kindle Unlimited. That was the only way I could afford to read. And I was reading like a book mm-hmm. a day, but reading on my phone hurt my thumb mm-hmm. to like hold it all yeah, day mm-hmm. and we couldn't afford a Kindle. So I would have to read on my laptop. So, and that's, I think, also what led me into writing. Yeah. So I would have my baby laying on my chest, my laptop on my knees, and then at some point I just started writing instead of reading on it. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like the laptop, like, that almost, I feel like psychologically it probably trains your, like, we work on our laptops. So you probably mm-hmm. were psychologically mm-hmm. turning yourself, like, this could be, like, a thing. <laughs> into a writer. Some, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> for me, it's always paperback. I... I have, like, a Kindle. Um, I don't really use it very much. I did, um, exposing myself, um, I did read a fan fiction, unnamed, um, on my phone. Everyone knows. Literally. Yes. Literally. But, um, yeah, it, that was on my phone. But I always like paperback just because I, I'm so, like, the book, de- like, decor girl. Like, mm-hmm. I, wa- I want I mm-hmm. want the physical book. But then I yeah. don't, like, I know that hardcover, like, is technically supposed to be better. But I just like the, like, 
movability of mm-hmm. a paperback. But Katie, what about you? Um, I went back and forth for a while between like I was using my iPad for a little, trying to decide if I would like a like an ebook mm-hmm. method because I didn't think I would, um, and then having an actual book. I do like to have books. I like to be able to hold a book. But my mm-hmm. Kindle's kind of changed my mind um, because you can read in the sun, you can read in the dark, you can read in the like. I don't like having to have a light on at night when I'm trying to read. Mm. It makes it like not f- mm-hmm. like it, I don't know. It like just seems like high commit. Like, you can't fall asleep while you're reading because then your lights are all on. Mm. Anyway, I really like my Kindle. um, And I also like that you can just, like, click on the store and, like, grab something right there. there. Yeah, if you have it on vacation, like, and you finish a book, Mm. like, you you don't have to go to the bookstore. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you don't have to pack all these books. And, like, the worst thing is, like, you get a new book for vacation and, like, you've bought a book and then it's crap and you're, like... Uh-oh, this looks bad. <laughs> or you finish it and it's a cliffhanger or there's another one in the oh, series. Oh, yeah, and you, like, can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I'm a Kindle convert. I have the, like, tiniest Kindle ever. Like, it's probably the same size <laughs> as my phone. Like, it's so small. I didn't know it was going to be that small, but I like it. Um, I pack it in, like, my purse everywhere I go. It's just easy. It's, like, so easy to bring. And it has all these books on it. It's just great. Oh, fun. Anyway, oh. Um, this entire episode is Rue's sound effects. So I hope you guys have enjoyed all that. <laughs> I will probably be editing that in post. But while Katie's talking, you will hear yeah. Rue. Yeah, she's so naughty, y'all. She's so naughty. Just, <laughs> she has kennel cough. Be nice to her. Um, anyway, okay, Willa, do you want to go ahead and plug yourself? Tell everybody all your social media, where they can buy your books, where they can find all your stuff, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on a TikTok I post constantly, like we talked about. <laughs> it's Willow Winter's author. If you want author insight, it's Willow Author Insight. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as Willow Winters Should Be Writing um, on Instagram. <laughs> and there's always a link in my bio with all of my other links. Amazing. So if you find me in one spot, you can easily find me anywhere else. easy love it all right well thank you guys for listening be sure to leave us a rating and review on wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to keep up with our weekly episodes and then follow us on tiktok at check your aesthetic and over on instagram at check your setting podcast and our personal accounts katie creative co alexis adams aldrich and willow winters should be writing and we will talk to you next week bye guys bye